0: Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth, but you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Zed hoffman and welcome to the main event open up with that scene from uh, rocky balboa if you haven't seen it if you're too young to remember the rocky movies if you've uh, only seen one of them you know the rocky the sylvester stallone from rocky rocky 1 rocky 2 rocky 3 rocky 4 rocky 5 rocky balboa and into creed and creed 2 you know what these movies are about life lessons they're not about boxing just like a lot of these football movies are not about football. They're set in, in a football setting, and they're about life lessons. If you haven't seen them, and I know someone listening to me hasn't, <clears throat> that's your assignment for this weekend. Watch them all. There are life lessons there. And you know what I think, uh, as, I, as I've uh, talked to younger people, and sometimes some older people that just have their eyes closed, you know, they need to they need to check out some of these life lessons and say, hey, you know, the world is a mean place and it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. And uh, you know what, you got to be able to take the take the hits. If you're if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. Life is hard. Life is hard for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, red, purple. Life is hard. God plans it that way, and uh, you need to be able to. Be awake, pay attention, especially as we go into elections. And you say, hey, you know what? Uh, what is you know Biden's going to promise all these things, and this is what we should have, and this is this, and this is that. And we'll talk about some more of that as we go through the through the show today. But you know what? Nobody owes you nothing except for you. You know what? And I'll uh, and I'll repeat something I've said many times: when you do things for other people. You don't put those people in debt to you, you put God in debt to you, and God will pay you back through other people, not necessarily the same ones. So do what's right all the time. Look at the world with your eyes open. Focus on, focus on uh, on doing the right thing and focusing. And it's not a question of, do I like Donald Trump? I just don't really like him. He's kind of he says some things that don't seem very presidential. The question is, does he do things that accomplish things in this country? Um, I was talking to a pastor of our church and he goes, you know what? I don't know for sure if Donald Trump is a Christian, but you know what he does? He, he supports Christians. He supports the things that are important to Christians. And that's good enough for me. And he goes, you know, he's kind of a, not very, uh, not very professional at times, but he goes, but, and he goes, he goes, but maybe that's the only way you get things done in this country. And, uh, and you heard it from, you heard it from Katie Hopkins two weeks ago and you've heard it, you know, if you're paying attention to anything besides CNN and PMS NBC, um, you know, it's true. You hear it from me, you hear it from everybody else. This is how the world is. We've got seven weeks until the, uh, until the election. And especially in two weeks, two weeks from Tuesday, it's going to be the first election. Or the first uh debate, and I'm really excited to watch. I'm I'm actually, you know, my birthday's on the 28th, but the first debate's on the 29th. I don't really care about my birthday. I mean, I'm gonna be 59. It's not like I'm turning 21. I get to have my first alcoholic beverage or 16. I get to have my get my driver's license. You know what? It's one year closer to 60. So uh, but you know, the debates the next night, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. I think it's gonna be completely entertaining. And uh, but, you know, uh, Katie Hopkins, before we went on on the air two weeks ago, she said there's no way this is going to happen. There's going to be a a canceled flight. There's going to be car problems. There's going to be something that's going to come up at the last minute. And there's no way the Democrats are going to let Joe Biden go on the stage and say, oh, we'll put we'll put Kamala Harris in there in in his place. Be awake. Be prepared. But, you know, if they put those two on the stage together, it is going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best entertainment on TV forever. So anyway, I also use that uh, that movie from uh, Rocky Four, living in America, because you know what? Uh, uh, if you might have noticed that I was gone for the last uh, last week. And uh, actually, if you follow me on Facebook, you probably watched my trip. Um, Don and I got in the car and went, which I'll talk about in a second. i uh, I'll Talk about in a second. But. Um, you know, living in America, coast to coast, <clears throat> this is a beautiful country. This is a beautiful country. And the farther you get away from the West Coast, the more beautiful it gets, the more happy people are, the more, you know, it, you can see an exodus from uh, from the Democrat states. And I just don't know what Gavin Newsom or uh, Andrew Cuomo or uh, whoever the, uh, Ins- no, Inslee's in, in uh, Montana, who's... The governors, the governors and the mayors in Washington, Seattle, and uh, Oregon, uh, Portland. I just don't know what they think they're going to accomplish. We're just going to let violence destroy our our state, while we're uh, just to make sure everything looks bad for the election. I think that might have been more effective if it started in October, but you guys started in in like uh, March, and uh, March or April. And uh, I think people are starting to see through that now. This has nothing to do with black lives. It has to do with, with just chaos and politics. And uh, you know what? You pick, you pick your medicine. There's a lot of law-abiding citizens in California. There's a lot of law, law-abiding citizens in Oregon and Washington, Illinois, and New York. And uh, we don't wanna live like this. We do not want to live like this and we don't have to. But if all the good, if all the good people move out of your, out of your state, who's gonna pay the taxes? Who's gonna pay the taxes? And I'll tell you one thing I noticed uh, driving, taking the trip that we did, California has the highest gas prices, the highest taxes, the highest state taxes, and absolutely, hands down, the worst highways ever in this in this country. You know it. it's, I mean, it's not even, it's not even, well, you know, it's a rough road over here, it's got one, it's across the, it's just, it's noticeable. It's noticeable, and Don and I put on 3,000 miles. Uh, in 10 days and uh, probably should have made it a 14 day or so. We had a little bit more time, but I'll talk about that. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and there are fantastic opportunities, interest rates are great if you're thinking about refinancing or doing a reverse mortgage on a piece of property you own, or if you're thinking about purchasing a property you don't already own, but would like to. And even if that's in another state, I'm licensed in California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Colorado, Utah, Utah's coming up. Oh, um, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Ohio, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Florida. I think that's 14 of them. Anyway, uh, Uh, but there's 14 states and I'm adding Utah, but I'm just going to finish it in uh, November. So I don't have to do another continuing education for it. If you're looking to buy something, whether it's here or in another state, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020. Hey, hey, you know, what? if I'm going to buy in another state, why do I got to call Ed first? Because you got to make sure that you can qualify for the property you want. You wanna make sure that number one, the realtors aren't gonna put you in their car unless you're qualified. And you wanna know going in, hey, I'm gonna sell my house, I'm gonna get this much out. I'm thinking houses over in Texas or in in, uh, Arkansas or or Colorado or Montana are gonna be about this price is what we're looking at on the internet. Um, How much do I have to put down and what will my payment be? Or if you're over 62 and you wanna do a reverse mortgage, you can do a reverse mortgage purchase where you actually say hey um I got 400,000 out of my house here I'm going to buy a $500,000 house in Montana or any of the other states I mentioned you can actually depending on what your age is you can put 40 to 50% down and have no payment for the rest of your life keep all that money, all that extra money in your, in your bank and keep all your all your income in your bank and you don't have to make payments if you don't want to so if you're interested in that call me toll free at 855-640-2020 I'll prepare you for the for what you're about to go shopping for or i'll show you what we can do to uh to put you in a better place in a property you already own um if you want to talk to me but you don't want to talk on the phone you can go to edhoffman.net. hoffman.net ed click on the summit funding logo it'll take you to my lending page you can put in as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much you want how much information you want back you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates eric marquez cody bradbury um, Brian Goodman or Lance Kesha, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you hear something on the show you want repeated, you can also go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, and you can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can listen to them on demand. If you heard the 9/11 tribute, the second half of last week's show, um, and you want to replay that, that's also on the podcast page. So if you want to uh, hear that again, or if you didn't hear the whole thing, Or if, uh, or if you want to share it with somebody, it's there on the podcast page. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And uh, of course, every time I, every time I do a good tweet, they, they take it off. And uh, you can find me on Facebook and the Facebook page for the, for the main event is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And if you have comments on the show, um, Email me at ed at edhoffman.net. Those of you that emailed me last week, I did see your emails and I appreciate, you know what? I listened to it. I created that thing. I put it together in 2008. I still have, uh, I still get all teary eyed listening to it and I've heard it about 25,000 times. It's just a way to relive, relive the feelings that day. And especially, especially if you got kids, you know, if you got kids that were too young to really remember it. It takes you from the beginning and it takes you through all the all the emotions and the and the healing and all that stuff. It's uh, I'm quite proud of that one. So uh, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about where I was last week um, before I get in uh, too far into what happened while I was gone. So Don and I uh, decided, hey, we got to get out here. Since we've been locked down, we've took one day off um, where I didn't work, um, and we've been back and forth from California to our house in uh, Bullhead City, Arizona. Um, but finally on, uh, it wasn't 4th of July weekend. It was a couple weeks, a couple weekends later, uh, one weekend in August, uh, we actually took the boat out and I just said, Hey, I'm not working today. And we took it out on, uh, was it Labor Day weekend? It have been maybe Labor Day weekend. We took it out, took the boat out on Sunday and, uh, half the, it wasn't very crowded. So we took the boat out and just say, Hey, I'm not answering my phones today. I'm just doing that. It's a one day in like six or seven months. I said, I need a, I need a, uh, I need a vacation. I put my, my phone on do not disturbs, had everybody call my assistant and, uh, and get guided to one of my teammates. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. What a, what a great trip. Don and I were just talking about last night. She goes, you know what? I can't think of one thing that was bad about our vacation. Uh, you know, other than uh, just lollygagging all day and getting to our hotels uh, later at night than we wanted to. Um, so, but we, uh, we started out on uh, Friday. We drove into Las Vegas, had a room at the, at the Wynn, had reservations at Lowry's, um, had an excellent prime rib dinner. And I will tell you, if you haven't been to, to, uh, Las Vegas since the shutdown, don't go until the shutdown's over. It's not the same Las Vegas. It's, uh, it's very locked down. It's very masked up and screens and it's not very friendly. And the people there are just not the same happy go lucky people. It's just not. That wasn't the beginning of the good part. The good part started Saturday morning as we drove out of Nevada into Arizona, into Utah, and up that long drive uh, through St. George and all the other things past. Uh, and we end up staying uh, Saturday night in Provo just because we were tired of driving. And then the next morning we got in and decided to drive, drive. We, our intention was to go through Yellowstone and into South Dakota. And uh, Don says, "Well, let's go up through Idaho and we can go to Preston, Idaho." And I'm going, "Hmm." Uh, Preston, Idaho, why do I know that, that name? Well, remember a little movie called uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, remember uh, the movie uh, that's famous for little lines like this? Hello? I don't have much to say, but if you vote for me,
1: all of your wildest dreams will come true. Thank you.
2: Yeah, that was the city where they filmed that. No one had ever heard of it, and this uh, was kind of a low-budget, low-budget film. But talk about a popular film! My uh, my daughter and her boyfriend went and saw it like three times at the theater. You paid to sit in a the theater three times for this movie. So when it came out on disc, Don and I bought it, and we watched about ten minutes of it and said, oh, "This is stupid." And we gave it gave it to our daughter. Here, here's a DVD of it. It was stupid. Um, since then, it came out on cable. We've watched it about four hundred thousand times we have a, a disc of it at each one of our houses and uh, we know the whole movie by heart um, we actually went went and saw uh, we actually followed and we took a picture of ourselves in front of Napoleon Dynamite's house uh, you know we looked around for uh, for you know hey where's Tina where you know if you remember this line Tina you fat lard come get some dinner so we looked all over the place, couldn't find Tina the Llama, um, but the, the house was there and you know we, we eventually found a Preston High School, sat on the steps where uh, this little scene went on. What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's pretty much my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed. Redford's skills of magic. Hmm. Yeah, we met, then we went there. We got saw the bike, the bike racks where uh, the kid gets uh, getting hassled to try and take his bike. Uh, we went by King's Grocery, which is no longer a grocery store. Now it's like a uh, secondhand store where uh, where they were buying the groceries. And and hey, we can't afford this. We're not made of money. Take that variety pack back. And uh, you know, we went to uh, we went to um, what else did we see? We went. We were gonna go by Trisha's house. Um, where he delivers the picture in Summer Wheatley's house where I built her a cake. And uh, but, you know, we we had all that. But, you know, it was a big it's a you know, that's a widespread out city. But it was really cool. We went there from there. We meandered through Idaho to Montpelier, where my uh, where my girly girl uh, grew up until she was 14 and saw that. And from there into Wyoming. And that's where we found Tina on the side of the road. She's their, uh, uh llamas there. Uh, Buffaloes, stayed in Jackson Hole for the night and then went into Yellowstone. Yellowstone, it was summer on Sunday. Labor Day, we got to uh to Yellowstone in the morning and it was kind of cool, but still sunny, dressed in shorts and tank tops. Started getting colder and colder. By the time we're in the middle of the park, four o'clock, it's snowing at uh at Old Faithful. And we're in there getting souvenirs for our for our grandkids in the little store there, and I'm going it's snowing on labor day and it's just coming down short and say, so Oh, we better, we better head, head towards, uh, the East, uh, Cody Wyoming's where we stayed the next night. And, uh, by the time, and I'm put in, in navigation that says 135 miles at 3:15. at 3:15, it says 135 miles arrival time, eight o'clock. And I'm going, that can't be right. I was going to take three hours and 45 minutes to get to, uh, to uh 135 miles. Well, I guess Siri uh, knows better than we did, and she saw where the storm clouds were coming in, and and uh you know the snow starts coming down, people start driving slower. Every time you see a buffalo on the side of the road, people start driving slower, so they take pictures. By the time we got to the road going to the east gate, it's starting to pile up on the uh on the roads, and of course we got our brand new Chevy uh, uh Trail Boss truck lifted, four wheel drive. And uh, as we got out the East gate, there was 40 people. There had to be at least 40 40 little minivans, motorhomes, two-wheel drive, uh, foreign cars on the side of the road waiting for uh, the street uh, scraper and tow trucks. And we just went out and and we got to Wyoming. It was cold. The next day we uh, headed up and we stayed in uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, where uh, we went there. I was looking for this big cowboy steak. Didn't quite find it there either, um, and the next morning we were in uh, in front of the the Mount Rushmore, and we went to Crazy Horse and and saw the sights. It's South Dakota is beautiful, Wyoming is beautiful. It was just it was just gorgeous. The trip was great. We had a couple little towns uh, for lunches along the way. Had some really excellent home cooking meals there, drove into, then we drove into Montana, stayed with some friends that have a place in Bozeman and, uh, spent uh, two days in Bozeman seeing the sights. Uh, we got a chance to see, uh, the house where, uh, Norman and Paul, uh, from a river runs through it, where they got to where they filmed that, where they grew up with their dad, Tom Skerritt, who is the, uh, the preacher at the church. And we got a picture of the church and the, and the house in, uh, Montana it's just a beautiful place. And, uh, and, and everything is so American, so friendly, so normal there. Yeah, you got to wear a mask. Hey, walk into a restaurant with your mask on, sit down, take your mask off, which is kind of silly as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, and, you know, it just, it was just so American, such an American trip. From there, we went to, uh, we headed out east. We're going to drop by and see our, uh, our kids and our grandkids in uh, Northern California. Well, let's go out the east side of the west side of Idaho so we can catch uh, one extra state. And we went through the, the east, the southeast corner of Oregon, uh, where we got to see uh, basically nothing, uh, no other cars, no fields, no stores until you get to the border, came into uh, top of Nevada cruised on through. And it was as we get into California, we're cruising by Reno and into California near Lake Tahoe. And that's where we started to experience the fires. And uh, the smoke is, the smoke is, was choking. You know, you had to, uh, you, we couldn't roll down our windows and it was a beautiful day, but we couldn't roll down the windows because of the smoke. And uh, and then we ended up at, at my son's, my son, daughter-in-law's house and visiting our grandkids. And the next morning we drove home. And uh, and but just I want to say something because I'm almost out of time for the first half I wasted the whole first half on talking about my trip. But I think this is America, folks. You got to have faith that this country is great. And just because of what we're living in in California, what you're seeing on the news, there's still there's still 46 other states where life is normal and it's beautiful and see lots of uh, lots of American flags and lots of Trump flags. And of course, there was one house in uh, Preston, Idaho, where they had a Biden a Biden flag in front of their house. I was gonna take out my gun and put a few holes in it. But I thought that probably not a good way to start the vacation. So, uh, uh, but we, uh, but you know, talking about the fires before I finish up, uh, apparently the fire, the El Dorado fire here in uh, Cherry Valley, Ukaipa just in the foothills in San Bernardino County, um, apparently they found a firefighter dead this morning, Friday morning. And apparently, that that fire was set off by people having a, a gender reveal party. Meaning, hey, we're going to tell everybody whether we're having a boy or a girl. We're going to have a party, and instead of just saying, "Hey, pick a," you know, bite into the bite into the cupcake and see what kind of feel what color the filling is, you know, they they shot off fireworks and it started this fire. And now there's a fireman dead, and I don't know how many properties were lost. And apparently. Um, I'm not sure if San Bernardino County is prosecuting, but the family of the fireman is going after, going after the, the family that set that off. And you know what, my, my point is I see here near my house, there's some, some house, a few blocks away that almost every night shoots off some of those big, those big fireworks. And we call the police and say, Hey, they're shooting off these big fireworks and there's a big open field full of brush. And they go, did it, did it catch on fire? No, she goes, call us if it catches on fire. I go, we want to wait till the houses are endangered before we do something about that. And we see it six nights out of seven almost. And you know what? You gotta use your brains. This could this could completely kill somebody, ruin your life, ruin a lot of people's lives. Let's use some brains here. Let's use some common sense. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And now we got now we got people dead because people decided to use fireworks. Because they wanted to make a big thing about whether their baby is boy or girl. Hey, you know what? Flip a coin. You now, when my kids were born, we didn't know until they came out. And you know, it's not you know the world's not all about you. And now there's consequences. So uh, this boy or girl, whichever it turned out to be, may may be born may be born in jail. Who knows? I mean, it's going to be there's going to be a problem. But for sure, we have a fireman who there's his wife and kids are uh, fatherless and husbandless now. And, uh, and you know what? Let's try to use a little brains because we don't see a lot of that going on. But anyway, well, I'm going to talk about everything that was going on while I was gone. And I'll thank Scott McAfee for uh, doing a great job in filling in for the first half. And then the second half was 9-11. But anyway, don't go away. I'm going to have five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. And I'll be back with everything that was going on in the last week while I was gone. It's great to be back. Well, kind of. Uh, anyway, it's great to be back on the air with you guys. We'll talk to you back in five minutes. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio. I talk about it all day long, seven days a week to everybody else. But uh, you know what? There are some opportunities out there. And if you want to talk to someone about potentially refinancing, about potentially doing a reverse mortgage, about potentially doing uh, buying a new piece of property, and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, 855-640-2020, that's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo and we can do all this stuff in the cyber way uh, before we actually get on the phone at some point. And, uh, and we are buried, every mortgage company is, so, but if you if you leave a message or you send a thing, we'll get we'll get back to you within a couple of days If if we can't get to you right away, be patient, we're not letting anybody slip through the cracks um and it's going to be the same just about anywhere you go um now because everybody's so crazy but crazy buried so anyway 8556402020 or net. click on the summit funding logo so let's talk about what was happening while Don and I were uh traveling around we put 3000 i think we put 3400 miles on our truck while we were gone you can imagine what the what the car wash guy had to deal with when we got back um it was and we went through a uh, i um, countless numbers of uh of uh tanks full of gas. Didn't I didn't keep track of it, and uh, but I did have to refill the window washer three times. So uh I don't know if it just sprays out too much. I just think there's too many bugs, bugs in the nice areas of this country, and it was beautiful. So, anyway, let's talk about so uh here's one unfortunate thing that happened while I was gone. Uh two LA LA County Sheriff's Deputies uh are recovering but still in critical condition after being shot last Saturday near the Blue Line Metrolink station in Compton in what authorities described as an ambush. The surveillance video shows a man walking up to the deputies. Well, I think it was a man. He looks like, a, from the, the way the camera looks, he looks like a little midget. Um, walking, he walks up to, uh, to the deputies parked in a patrol car, pulls out a gun, fires several times into the front seat area uh, from the passenger side. The assailant is then seen running away from the scene uh, and is still at large. Have a hard time thinking you got a pretty good picture of who this is. They don't. They look a little, uh, little unique. Somebody there knows who it is. You know what? Have some humanity and turn this guy in. Uh, only the female deputy's name has been released. Her name is Claudia Apolinar, 31-year-old mother of a six-year-old who was a librarian before joining the force. Why do you go from being a librarian to being a sheriff's deputy in Compton? Uh, You want to help people more than just helping them find books. I'm sure it pays a little better, but you know what? Cops are kind of like, cops are kind of like uh, doctors, like uh, preachers. You don't do it. You don't do it just because the pay, because, you know, for the, for the danger they put themselves in, there's no way they get paid enough for that and and i've done loans for lots of cops they make pretty good money but they work around the clock so in in from a per hour it's not worth it it's not worth it we should pay them more we should respect them more um and i do and i know all my friends do um it's it's just it's just a it's 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 a crime of the way that they're being treated now and you're going to see you're going to see uh when people say defund the police be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. And, uh, and my solution to this whole problem is, is, Hey, all these, all these, uh, Antifas and Democrats and black lives matter people, it's all about, it's all about, it has nothing to do with lives of any color. You guys want to have a world with no, with no police. You want to have a world with no government and no rules. Okay. I'd say we, we, we section off Oregon and Washington and we'll give that to you. And then, Leave California, leave New York, leave all the rest of the place. You guys can have the whole state of California or of Oregon and Washington to yourselves. We'll just—you guys can be your own country, and the rest of us that want to live like Americans, like peace, like law, law and order, and all that stuff—we'll just keep the rest of it. So uh, that's my solution. I don't know if anyone's going to do it is going to pick up on that. I'm 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 thinking that somebody in in uh, Congress listens to my show. Uh, we'll see after the election. I know a few people running do. So again, again, the 31-year-old uh, Claudia Polinar. If you've seen the video, you know that a Polinar saved her partner's life by wrapping him in a tourniquet, even as the blood gushed out of her own out of her own jaw. She was shot in the shot in the face. Here's the radio call. Ten four, copy nine nine eight. Deputy shot nine zero two is going to be responding. She's saying Compton PAX nine nine eight. I've been shot. Send help. Nine nine eight is a code for deputy involved shooting. If it sounds like she's talking with marbles in her mouth, it's because she got a bullet through her jaw. So happily, happily, someone on the other side was able to understand enough what she's saying. Uh, meanwhile, none of the None of the bystanders who witnessed the attack did anything to help. Here's one upstanding member of the community streaming his his commentary on Twitter.
0: They just the aired the police out. This the only get. It go up and come. Get- <laughs> just got aired out, cuz. They just bust on the cuz. That's crazy. Two sheriffs shot in the face. Two sheriffs shot in the face. They tripping.
2: Yeah, if you if you think this is okay, then maybe you should move to Oregon and Washington as well. I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting the way these people are treating. You know, hey, these people have families. They have kids. They have parents. They have brothers and sisters. These people have have a life. They deserve to live. They deserve to be able to go home every night alive. And uh, you people that think this is okay, you know what? When you when you when you get in front of my car and try to and try to stop my car, pound on it, and pull me out. There's going to be bullets flying at you. You know, just like, uh, you know, they're, they were, they're whining about the, uh, the, the guy in the motorhome. They were breaking out. His, he's uh, on a motorhome. I forget which state it was in. And he just drove over some people. And they're oh, look, he just drove over people. Hey, you know what? You save your life. You got a car. You got guns. So you do whatever. You used to have these people coming after you. Don't assume anyone's going to be human. Save your own life. So, uh, and there's even more people like this outside St. Francis Medical Center, where the deputies are being treated.
3: See what's happening right here, right? They got uh, these pigs out here. They are uh, telling us that we cannot come in here and see these individuals who's been shot down at the mother train station.
1: We <laughs> 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 hope that. Up. Yeah, it's gonna be more. I, I, I I it. going. I'm angry. I bunch. hope they die, mother. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If this, does, if, this doesn't, if this doesn't enrage you, better check your pulse. You might be dead. Or maybe you're one of those people that should move to Oregon or Washington. Um, this is disgusting. The people you just heard are from some group called Africa Town Coalition. Uh, apparently, this group has met with uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti on multiple occasions to advise him on cultural competency. Cultural competency. What does that mean exactly? Their leader, Kevin Wharton Price, released a video that will send chills up and down your spine.
3: A unknown assailant walked up and bust a cap on both of them. Shot them in the head. So, I mean, what are we supposed to do, y'all? We're supposed to celebrate today because the oppressor has been slain. So if this is a start of retribution, then I think this is a very good start.
2: Yeah, this is a very good start. You just... Uh, maybe killed two cops we don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna survive um the the one uh, the female was shot in the jaw she'll probably survive the other one apparently uh uh hit him in the forehead so we don't know what kind of condition he's gonna come in you know what the people the this is just not okay why is why is the mayor of Los Angeles giving them time? why does he give them time and listen to their to whatever they want? You know what? Hey, this is a good start for reparations. What reparations? What are you do? I don't think anyone living today has ever been a slave. Uh, short of maybe the, uh, the pedophile, the the kids that are being abducted by pedophiles and we're finally starting to crack down on them. Uh, but you know, this whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein and, and all these people that are, uh, are, are picking up little kids and you see it, this country is going in the wrong direction, folks. And it's not because of Trump. It's just because of the, it's because of the things that are going on that everybody's being quiet about. You know what? If you see something and you see something wrong, if you don't say anything, you're complicit in it. And if you see something, pick up the phone, call the police, uh, call, you know, post it, post it on social media, make sure everybody knows about it because eventually there's going to be an uprising of the good people and we're going to take our country back. Hopefully it's on November 3rd, and who knows what's going to happen on November 4th uh, when Trump wins his his second election. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the Middle Peace Agreement and the two nominations for the Nobel Prize. Remember, uh, Barack Obama was nominated, was given a Nobel Peace Prize about, I don't know, six hours after he became president. And for what? Nobody knows, but he got it. Um, Trump got nominated twice for it um, this past week because he actually did something. So thanks to the president, two more Middle Eastern nations have agreed to diplomatic relations with Israel, uh, like Egypt did in 1979 and Jordan did in 1994. Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates uh, signed a peace agreement with Israel that was negotiated by, an, by the American president. Uh, here's President Trump with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at the White House.
3: Israel wants peace. They really want peace. And I give this gentleman a great deal of credit. He's done a great
1: job. Thank you. Mr. President, I I heard a question from one of the people here. Does Israel feel isolated? Heck no. We're, uh, We're breaking out to the entire world because we have a strong free economy, because we have a strong military, because we have a strong relationship with the President of the United States and the American people. And I can tell you that we have a strong relationship throughout the Middle East. The President intimated how many countries are waiting to join this circle of peace. You know, Israel doesn't feel isolated at all. It's enjoying the greatest diplomatic triumph of its history. I think the people who feel isolated are the tyrants of Tehran because of the pressure that the president has applied on them, because of the resistance to this bad Iran deal. They are under pressure. And, you know, I, I hope they'll all come around. I hope everyone will come around to the circle of peace.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to rub this in my sister Renee's uh, nose here, my my Jewish Democrat sister from Pennsylvania said, who said four years ago, well, now we have a president who has no foreign policy experience. Well, you know what? I think he's doing pretty damn good. Um, so this agreement titled the Abraham Accords Simple Agreement says that the countries will, one, recognize the importance of maintaining peace in the Middle East. Two, respect human dignity and religious freedom. Three, advance a culture of peace among the three Abrahamic uh, religions. Uh, uh, Four, cooperate and develop friendly relations. Uh, Five, end radicalization and conflict. And six, uh, pursue a vision of peace, security, and prosperity in the Middle East around the world. Sounds great, right? Well, not if you're part of the liberal media who hates President Trump.
1: Before the ink was dry, there were already signs that Israel still has enemies in the region, and they aren't celebrating. But it's more of a business deal than a peace accord. But as Andrea Mitchell reports, a broader Middle East peace is still an elusive goal. But it is not Middle East peace. (laughs) Left out, the Palestinians, abandoned by their Arab neighbors, powerless to do anything but protest. President Trump proclaiming this a peace agreement, but the countries
3: were not at war.
2: You know what, uh, it's kind of, it's, you know, no matter what Trump does, it's like, it's like watching, watching your kid take their first step. And, you know, if it was a Trump kid, wow, they took, they took a first, they took their first step. The, the, the liberals would say, well, he's not doing hurdles and doing the, uh, doing a 440 with hurdles yet. Uh, They would, they would, they would bitch about that and not say anything about, Hey, it's a step. It's a step. And if you really hate Trump like CNN does, you'll skip you'll skip reporting on the agreement altogether and just focus on the people who didn't wear masks at the signing ceremony. Today's ceremony showcased the president's continued defiance of the very coronavirus guidelines his White House recommends. There were
0: hundreds of people gathered with little in the way of social distancing. Hundreds of
3: guests
2: were packed on the South Lawn with little social distancing and optional masks. You know what? Who cares? Who cares? Well, they're outside, so we're not supposed to have to uh, wear a mask if we're outside. And uh, six feet is not very far apart. And who cares? Because coronavirus is all BS anyway. And, uh, and But nobody's nobody's, you know what? I've been saying it for about five months that this whole thing is BS, that the, the, that the numbers are just there to scare us. And I can't believe they're still focusing in on it. And uh, again, the farther you get away from California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, all the Democrat states, it's, it just is so much more normal and people are just so much less tense. And I can see why uh, California, you know, it, it's done. It's done. I mean, people are already moving, moving out of California. They're moving out of New York They're moving out of Chicago. You know, people just don't want to live like this and there's no end in sight. I see an end in sight November 4th. And then, then what are they going to, then what's anybody going to have to say? Imagine Nancy Pelosi when November 4th, when everything's over, if she's still in, if she's still in office, she has to account for why she kept pushing this stuff over on everybody and how many, and how many jobs, have been are gone. How many businesses are gone? How many people's life work is gone? And how many people are dead? Not because of coronavirus, but because of the unanticipated consequences of how we treat, how we how we dealt with it. Suicides, uh, people that lost everything, and just and just you know it's 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 ridiculous and it's sad, you know. And and I think about think about how how Trump is dealing with the Middle East, and I look at back at the Middle East. You know, here's here's kind of a history of uh, Jimmy Carter invited Egyptian president. This is how this is how the Democrats deal with the Middle East. Um, Just for photo ops, I think Jimmy Carter invited Egyptian President Anwar Sadat and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin uh, in the in the 70s for talks at the presidential retreat at Camp David. The talks lasted for 12 days and then resulted in two agreements. The first one was a framework for peace in the Middle East it set out to resolve the Palestinian problem. Of course, the Palestinians weren't there. They agreed on a treaty between Egypt and Israel and called for treaties between Israel and its neighbors. The weakness was the section on Palestinians. The plan aimed to set up self-governing authority in the West Bank and Gaza, leading to eventual final status talks, but the Palestinians were not party to the agreement. So that was useless. The second agreement was uh, the Camp David Accord, this was the framework of peace for treaty between Egypt and Israel, and it was finalized in 1979. This was the first recognition of Israel as a state by a ma- major Arab country. The treaty has lasted, but it hasn't always been warm. President Anwar Sadat was later assassinated. Then Clinton came in uh, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, administrations later. He created the Oslo negotiations, tried to tackle uh, the Oslo agreement. They tried to tackle the missing element of all previous talks. A direct agreement between between the Israelis and the Palestinians, represented by the uh, Palestinian Palestinian Liberation Organization, this part was unsuccessful. And many attempts to get it back on track were were made by both Clinton and George W. Bush. The only successful part of this peace agreement between is, was Israel and Jordan in October of '94. And uh, you can you can remember the uh, the having uh, Yasser Arafat shaking hands with the president of of Jordan. And uh, but you know what. They never, it never goes anywhere. And if you, and if you listen to Dennis Prager, Prager University, um, which are excellent educational little five minute videos, Dennis Prager says, if in the, in the, in the uh, tension between Israel and Palestine, if the Palestinians laid down their weapons, there'd be peace between those two countries forever. But if the Israelis laid down their weapons, they would all be dead because the Palestinians would come in and kill them all. So you can see where's the problem? Is it Israel or is it Palestinians? But you know what? Now Trump is going, hey, we're not going to negotiate between Israel and Pal- Palestinians. We're going to negotiate between all the Middle East and the Palestinians. Let's get one country at a time to where Israel's not alone. And you know what? That just seems like a more normal, common sense, logical strategy to me. And uh, but the Democrats won't have it, they won't give him any credit for anything. So let's finish up with uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden and the vaccine. Sounds like a kid's book, Biden and the vaccine, Uh, James and the Giant Peach. Uh, You know, we should make a children's book out of it. Maybe his wife can can write it. So for the past nine months, Democrats have demanded that President Trump should magically produce a coronavirus vaccine. Now that the White House has worked with private companies to make it happen and we're actually getting close to having one ready, they're singing a different tune. Joe Biden held a bizarre press conference in De- in Delaware Wednesday to spark fear about any vaccine that comes out while Trump is still in office and one reporter actually challenged him on it.
3: So let me be clear. I trust vaccines, I trust the scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either.
2: You just said that when it comes to a vaccine, you don't trust Donald Trump. Is there a risk that that message, that questioning the president on a vaccine, could prevent people from trusting the science, from trusting a vaccine when there finally is one?
3: No, because I know he doesn't have any respect for science. And that's why I said that you have to have this board of scientists that are going to say, this is why we think this is a good vaccine, why it's approved, and it has to be total transparency. So scientists outside the government know exactly what is being approved, the context in which it's being approved and why it's being approved. You're, right. you're
1: saying don't trust the president. Trust me if I'm
2: elected. Are you no, confident that I'm enough saying, Americans I'm saying, will trust, buy in?
3: Trust the scientists. Trust the scientists.
2: Yeah, and does anybody think Trump is actually creating this vaccine? Uh, they just don't want to, Hey, if, if Trump's in office, then it's, then it's dirty. That's how it is. And uh, that's, and that's just their message. I personally don't trust the vaccine, no matter who comes out with it. I'm not taking it. I just don't trust anybody who's going to stick a needle in my arm after the last six months, uh, seven months. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. i think I'm uh, healthy enough. I think it's the flu. I don't take flu shots and uh, and I think we'll just be fine. Um, So this wouldn't have anything to do with the election, would it? Here's President Trump uh, press conference just a short time after Biden. I'm calling
3: on Biden to stop promoting his anti-vaccine theories because all they're doing is hurting the importance of what we're doing. And I know that if they were in this position, they'd be saying how wonderful it is. Uh, They're recklessly endangering lives. You can't do that. And uh, again, this is really a case that they're only talking they just started talking a little bit negatively, and that's only because they know we have it. And they only started hitting on the vaccine when they hit on the vaccine. They only hit on it when they realized that, wow, this is amazing. They may have it even before the election. All of a sudden, they didn't like the vaccine so much.
2: But if you think about it, his rant about the vaccine was the most coherent thing that Biden has said all week. Here's something he said Tuesday in Tampa, Florida.
3: If you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a, you know, department store, uh, thing, you know, we in the second floor of the ladies department or whatever. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, yeah. Quartermaster running a, uh, the ladies department in the department store. I don't know what any of that means, but, uh, you know, maybe you Biden voters have special, uh, Decodering, but don't worry if biden wins it won't be him running the government the country anyway they aren't even trying to hide it anymore
1: a harris administration together with joe biden as the president of the united states the biden harris administration
2: harris biden administration is going to relaunch that effort it's a harris biden administration does anybody ever talk about the pence trump administration i don't think so plus joe seems to think most americans have forgotten that he used to be vice president
1: A quick question on the economy. Uh, The Fed today announced that their projections for unemployment are actually going to be lower than expected. In polling, we see time and again that President Trump has an edge over you on the economy. Why do you think that is?
3: Well, because I don't think the—I've been out of office for four years, and they don't—you know, it's a long time, four years ago.
2: Yeah, a long time ago. Hey, you know what, if any of you think—if anybody you— that's listening or anybody you know thinks that that the economy was happening because of what what obama and biden did did and it was just going to go up anyway you guys are so out of it and don't know what's going on because you're not part of the of the free market here you don't know what's going on everything that's happened since trump got in office uh economic uh confidence country uh, companies are reinvesting their money they're creating jobs the the Uh, Tax cuts created an environment where the companies would reinvest, create jobs. People that had jobs got better jobs. People that didn't have jobs got jobs. And all those people spend money. It creates more jobs for restaurants and car places and everywhere they sell stuff. Everything that's going on in the economy today, short of the coronavirus, was Trump's doing. And uh, I can't wait till a week from Tuesday to watch these two go go toe-to-toe. And it's going to be, it's going to be the best part, the best thing of the whole year. I can, I can, I'm confident. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, keep your eyes open, keep your mind open, keep your ears open. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions
1: expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding
2: Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.